We've all heard the reports of how social media and technology has affected our youth. It can lead to feelings of isolation, depression, and sadly, it can even lead to suicide. Hello and welcome to Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. Please subscribe and I will be sure to keep you updated on my most recent episode. I am really interested in this topic. I have two young adults, they're not kids anymore, but an 18 year old and a 21 year old. And I barely see their faces because their head is always in their phone. And I'm sure many people can relate to that. I see the tops of their head pretty much. And joining me now is someone who has spent his lifetime around young people. Welcome to Tom Petrowski. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Robin. Great to be here. You are currently media director over at Atlantic County Institute for Technology. If you, anyone's outside this area, it's in the Southern New Jersey area, uh, but you have such an extensive background working with kids and young adults. So talk to us a little bit about that. Well, um, I started um, actually out of uh, school. I, I did study media in uh, at LaSalle University in Philadelphia. And when I came out, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But um, I ended up playing professional basketball for a number of years for about, I guess, four or five seasons. And after that, I, I went right into the classroom and I was very fortunate to uh, find that Apsagami was looking to start what they called a media program. We didn't even know what it meant in high school at the time. But uh, I was fortunate to be in the right place at the right time and jumped in there with a couple with my friend Ed Johnson. And we started that program. I spent about 13 years there. And um, that was when in the 80s, when media education for high school students, for any for any student in, in America, was really kind of an odd thing. Um, it's come a long way since then. We can talk about that later. Um, but. I was also doing media work on the side at, the, at, at that particular time. And one of my clients was the Center for Parent Youth Understanding. And long story short, I ended up serving on their board for a while. And then actually they invited me to come work with them as their media director, which I did for a number of years. And um, so that was kind of a, a break from teaching, although I was around education. And then I came back down to South Jersey. I ended up being a principal at Atlanta Christian School for 10 years. And then I jumped back into media <laughs> teaching at ACIT, where oh I started that media program. So um, my whole life is kind of, you know, revolved around media and education and young people. So that's kind of my thing. Yes, media and you've lived and like five culture. different lives. My goodness, I'm exhausted. Yes, but it's been you. exciting. It's been a lot of fun and I've enjoyed every second of it. I know, and I know you do love kids and actually have uh, your uh, biological children and have adopted children as well. So mm -hmm. God bless, that's, that's really wonderful. So let's talk a little bit about this because we, have, we see the reports about this, that social media has really impacted kids and add to that a global pandemic. And it's just a recipe for disaster right now. I mean, kids really feel more isolated than ever, unfortunately. In most cases, they're all back to school again, but there's still, you know, this pandemic hanging over our heads and they've missed so much time. I mean, my son missed his first year and a half pretty much of college and my daughter mm. missed her senior year of high school and you just don't get that time back. And no. what it has done to them, you know, emotionally and mentally, I still think we don't really know the, the full effects of it. So what have you seen as a teacher? Well, number one, uh, we won't know the full effects. And I think it's actually, you know, several years out till we really can kind of, uh, you know, empirically categorize what has happened to this group of students. And, and it has been uh, monumental, as you said. Um, I really felt that even before the virus came, that there was a, a really huge paradigm shift in the way that kids were learning. And I 
kind of charge that up to social media and the rest of the media that they've been consuming. And, you know, education's a big monolith. It's very, very hard to change. It's very, very slow to move. And there are a lot of people, you know, out there, you know, shaking their fists and saying, hey, we got to do something about this. We got to do something about these cell phones. We got to do something about social media. We can't do teaching like we did in 1940. It's not working. You know, let's change. And I think you will see some change because we have to, because these kids are different. And then comes coronavirus. And we are literally forced uh, into doing something that I would say probably most of the teaching population had never done before. And that is not only to teach online, but also to prepare lessons that are going to work online um, and be somewhat effective for young people so that they can actually learn something. The kids were a little bit more adept because this is their world. They're digital yes. natives. They've Screens. been around it for yes. a while. Mm -hmm. But for teachers and parents, let's throw them in there too, it was really, really tough. And I don't think anybody really will understand how hard it was and is still on teachers to kind of jump into that as quickly as they did and make changes. I mean, we're talking about taking curriculum that some teachers have taught for 20 years and adapting it into a whole new vehicle that they have to deliver in a digital medium. I mean, they're, Ugh, they're I exhausted. Mean, they're exhausted. My, my sister's a teacher. I give you guys so much credit. I really do. I just don't, I don't know how you do it anyway, but to do it through a pandemic and online, I, I mean, God bless you all for that. And, you know, I think parents got a real taste of what teachers do, looking over their kids' shoulders, trying to help them. And mm. in my case, with tears coming down my eyes, pretty much, I'm exaggerating, but that's what I felt like because yeah. it was, it's, it's, it's exhausting. It is really yeah. hard to, to I thought it was kind of funny that. in the beginning, because when the, the coronavirus first hit and kids were home and parents were trying to pick up the slack and teach, you know, there's all these TikToks and Instagrams out there where parents were celebrating teachers and saying, I'll never yell at you again. Oh my gosh, the job <laughs> you do. I'll tell you what, within a couple of months, it was like, get these kids back in school. What's wrong with you teachers? Do your job. You know, they, they, yeah. they flipped on us really quick, but uh, yeah. it gave a little as, taste as, anyway, as what's it will happen. On. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about, you know, what social media and technology, we'll throw that in there because there's gaming, there's all of that really does to a kid's brain. One of the things I have to say I've noticed is that kids are much quieter. I mean, I saw this uh, bus stop over at Stockton College the other day. I went by it and there were six kids sitting there and they're all on their phones. Mm -hmm. Nobody was talking to each other. They're all just in their own little worlds. And I don't know if it's a, maybe a crutch, like a mechanism, they feel safer with their phone in their hand, but they're lo losing these social skills and, and they're, they don't, chat they don't talk to each other i don't know if you see that but that's kind of what i've observed no i think you just hit on about five huge topics um that you know social media and, and teenagers are are involved with right now and and one of them is that you know you mentioned like the whole passive environment of social media um these guys and girls are just really sitting around often and not even communicating or talking with somebody necessarily online but they're surfing, they're exploring, they're watching, they're, they're, they're lurking, you know, they're, they're just kind of quietly, like you said, um, you know, consuming this, this media, and they could go hours and hours and hours doing that. And while they're doing that, they've also got music on their headphones going, um, they might have something on their television, they're watching YouTube or, or some other kind of thing or Instagram, <laughs> there. they might have four or five different medias going, and they're not even making a peep. It's really, really odd. Um, I, I watched uh, in the front of uh, my school ACI teammates landing, all the kids were coming off a bus up to the door 
And, you know, in my day, that would have been a really, really loud, chirpy, interesting, exciting kind of walk up that little hill, you know, because everybody would be talking and joshing and pushing each other and laughing and everything. I guarantee you, it was had to be 99% of these kids had their face buried in their phone with their hoods on and the earbuds in and walking up in total silence. It was like a zombie army just kind of like slowly creeping up this hill. And I said to my friend, I said, look at this. I said, let's take a picture of this. Uh, it was just absolutely crazy, you know. That, isn't that, ugh, that, that just goes up my spine when I think about that because how, how are they forming friendships? How are they going to exist in the world with without the, the skills to be, <laughs> you know, social yeah. with other people? It, it's very sad. And you know what? They might not even need it because they may work like this online, virtual, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, true. But uh, the other thing you mentioned, and well, let's make that number two, is that a lot of the communication that they are doing and are learning is called indirect communication. And that is that the person that they're actually communicating with is not really there. They're not always looking at a face like you and I are right now. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not even in real time. Um, so when we teach communications in a communications class, you know, we talk about how important nonverbal communication is how a gesture can mean something. Uh, politicians learn you know, how to approach another person from another country or how to shake their hands or how to bow or how not to touch them or how to even go through a door. I mean, it's huge. And that's direct communication. And that's kind of what we grew up with. And that's what we've learned is really, really important. To our young people today, direct communication is not that important. Um, you know, My guys, I get frustrated with them because the phone will ring or a phone will ring and I'll say, hey, can you get that? And you would think it's a caveman on the other end. It's just grunts, you know? And I, you know, I said, I know you've learned and you've been taught how to say hello and greet someone, <laughs> but it's like, uh, 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 uh. You know, because yeah. they don't do it because they don't have yeah. to do it when they're doing indirect communication with all this other media and they can just kind of sit back, watch and observe text, you know, yeah. hide behind a, a text word yes. um, or something like that. Some of them even have fake accounts, you know? So you don't really even know it's who them. they are so, and you know we can get into that whole issue of cyber bullying which is horrendous yep. and horrible and then this is other issue of people comparing themselves i mean nobody puts their ugliest worst picture on their worst day on the internet everyone right. looks great with the filters now today and the yep. girls posing in their bikinis which is <laughs> unbelievable but you know everyone's comparing themselves yes to that it's just like looking in a beauty magazine you yep. know these these models have been airbrushed and fixed up yes. and they don't even look like that that <laughs> yeah you know and, so it's you know, very hard i remember um, a, a really uh, excellent book years ago written by uh, naomi wolf called are they selling her lips and you know she went through the whole media and especially the print media about how uh, uh, photoshop is used just to make these people look perfect on the magazine and then it creates this false um you know, uh, thing that the kids want to aspire to. Well, it's no longer a magazine that we have to worry about now. It's thousands of images of the kids next door neighbor, of their friends, of the people that are out in their, their group here and there, you know what I mean? Like, and they're looking at these people and trying to aspire and figure out, is this what I'm supposed to look like? Why don't I look like that? And even though in their heart of hearts, they probably know that it has run through a free or a $5 filter on their cell phone, mm -hmm. it still looks like something that they want to look like and they aspire to it. And that is just a young person being a young person. We know that aspiration has been a thing with especially young girls for a long, long time. Yeah. Young girls weren't reading Teen Vogue. They were reading Cosmopolitan because mm -hmm. they wanted to look like the girls that were older that they were going to be. 
So yes. yeah, that's a huge, huge problem. Yes, and it's only been exaggerated by the internet and yes. it can lead to some serious consequences, sadly, as I mentioned earlier, you know, depression or just, just feelings of inadequacy. You're not gonna ever live up to that. And, and it can be even worse than that. You know, people can take their own lives because of it. And we've seen that and it's, and it's sadly on the rise. Young people are I, I still young know. people and, yeah. you know, they, they've always had self-image problems. It's something that we've been worried about since the, the beginning of visual media. But um, now, like I said, the volume that they consume and the number of different, you know, people and images and all that they see just magnifies the problem. And uh, yes, it's, it's, a, it's a big, big problem. And not just for girls, for guys as well. Yeah. Yeah. For everybody. You know, mm -hmm. I always, I always, uh, I always heard the quote, don't, do not read beauty magazines. They will always, they will only make you feel ugly. <laughs> so I like to live by that. <laughs> don't need to see them. <laughs> um, so what do we do as parents, as teachers? I mean, you, you see these kids in your classroom. Is there any way to get through to them to make some sort of change? You know, I, I'm like probably on the, the decline of my career in the classroom, and uh, but I'll be doggone if I'm not going down without a fight. And uh, I just laid in to my kids the other day because, you know, a lot of the stuff that we do in media is, is project-oriented and it's very process-oriented. And, um, you know, things have to be done in step and they have to be done well. And, you know, you, you work towards a finished product. And uh, I've never had, this year especially, I've never had a year of students who really, really struggle with process. And um, I could be up there dancing, telling jokes, uh, you know, putting games on the board to get them started. I really am having trouble getting these kids started. And I know I'm not the only one because I'm on all kinds of, you know, teachers groups, uh, national teachers groups. I talk to my colleagues as well. Um, it's a problem right now. So they're consuming all this media. We threw them in a situation for two years where they were supposedly sitting in front of their computer and doing work. So now they've been further stymied um, and fed this digital media content. And now we're sitting in a classroom. Like I said, it's alien to them. It's alien. It's not, it's, it's not like anything they do or they want to do. So it is incumbent on teachers and the educational process and even our, 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 our federal uh, government to try and figure out some things that we can do here. Um, you know, one of the things that we do as teachers is we try to like teach ourselves, um, you know, what's changing, what else can we do? I've been a teacher for a long time. Um, I don't need anybody to tell me that I'm a good teacher. I've got plenty of empirical and anecdotal evidence that lets me know that I, I've got my, my stuff together. But um, I recognize that I'm struggling right now with these young people. So I'm going to my colleagues and I'm saying like, what have you noticed? Have you discovered anything? Have you found anything? Um, I'm, I'm really myself just trying to continue to engage them. I feel that this is a group that really needs to be heard. They need a lot more patience um, and they need people to kind of like, really kind of like keep nudging them with a lot of consistency and, 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 and love and support and encouragement. Because let's face it, a lot of these guys' dreams are on hold right now. And yeah. that was kind of my thing that I was preaching to them the other day. I said, hey, it's time to start dreaming again, guys. It, it start to, it's time to start putting some goals on the board again. Let's go. Let's, let's get up. I'm, I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's push. You know? So uh, I think that you know, as a culture, we have to shake the cobwebs off a little bit of this coronavirus nonsense and all the other nonsense that's been going on and, and really kind of look back at our kids and say, hey, 
we need to pull them up with us a little bit. They're falling behind. Let's, let's not let them get too far behind. Let's help them. And it, it's not just, you know, teachers in Galloway and Mays Landing or, or, you know, Ocean City or anything like that. This has to be a national approach. And I think there's a lot of things that we can do um, to kind of help them along a little bit. But we can't just say, oh, well, two years gone. I hope they make it. Um, we yeah. need to, we need to be, uh, yeah. and, you know, I, I went through this course called mental health, health first aid for youth. I'm sure mm -hmm. you're familiar with it. And I thought it was such a great program and it was basically like first aid or CPR for your brain. So if yeah. you saw somebody that got hurt or, you know, broke their leg, you, you would try to help them. This is mm -hmm. recognizing signs of, of mental, uh, health issues. And so, great the way that it was presented and also how you would approach somebody if you felt like they needed some help and what to say and how to address it or if your kid comes to you and they have a problem you don't want to just go oh it's going to be okay because it just dismisses them you want to listen and and hear them and maybe you can't fix it but at least you can listen and, and absorb what they're feeling. And I think sometimes we get so busy on our own lives, we don't always recognize those signs. And there's a lot of kids that I think really need that help. I think everyone should take that course, Mental Health First Aid. It's available online now, of course, like everything else, but um, it's something that I think people really should look into. And also one thing we do in our family, which is just a small thing. I mean, we don't really take phones away, but when we're having dinner and we've had many more family dinners since COVID began, just because mm. we're all together more, yep. no devices during dinner. I mean, no TV, well, unless the playoffs are on, <laughs> but no TV, no phones, no iPad, no nothing. And we're, let's do something crazy, like talk to one another. And I'll tell you something, there have been times I look around the table and we're laughing and we're mm. communicating with our kids. I'm like, isn't this a beautiful thing? And I think we've lost the family dinner. I think oh, that yeah. is something so basic, a thing that we can try to get back to. And we can't do it all the time because everybody's running around, but at least maybe a few days a week where we sit down, we shut it all off yep. and we actually talk to each other. I think personally, that makes a big difference. I think you hit on some really good things there. And, and the first thing I, it, you know, I, I would say like parents need to model good uh, media behavior as well. Uh, if your mom or dad is on the cell phone at the dinner table, you know, you basically validated that behavior for your family. Um, even if you're on your, your cell phone all the time at home, you validated that behavior for your family. So I, I do think that we need to kind of like take stock in, you know, what we're doing with our media. And we got to make sure that we're not you know, doing things that we're yeah, trying sure. to get That's like telling a kid not to, not to smoke well. with a cigarette hanging out of your mouth. Exactly. It kind of like <laughs> ruins um, the whole point. You know, you mentioned taking kids' phones away. I, I'm, I'm not a big proponent of taking phones away because, you know, these days, if you take the device away, you're taking away their whole connection to their whole mm -hmm. life. You're taking and away they're their friends. And they're going to feel almost naked. They're going to feel stressed by that, yes. I think. Yeah. I, I do believe that you could perhaps, you know, uh, you know, say, hey, listen, because this happened, we're going to set a limit on this, you know, or we're going to do this. Um, I, I'm also not a big fan of like, you know, helicoptering, hovering over your kids' social media accounts. I think that, uh, you know, social media is so big and so strange and so weird. As parents, you know, we have to kind of be honest sometimes and let the kids teach us, you know, what it is um, and really kind of count on honesty to say, listen, you know, I, your, your health, your mental health, your physical health is so important to me. You're such a beautiful person. I don't want people to hurt you. And there's people out there that can hurt you. We have to like really lay it on the line with them and let them know why we want to know and just not try to sneak around 
and and see who they are and what they're doing. You know, um, I, I think that's really big too. But that's that's really almost like you know the the new era of parenting. I mean, this is still really new for parents. So uh, we're oh. all trying to figure it out together for sure. And as soon as we figured out one medium, we finally figured out Facebook. They're on Instagram or they're on Snapchat. You know it. TikTok. The next thing's already coming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't keep up with it. I know it's really, it's really difficult. It's it's tough for all of us, but I do think that's important. And you know, another thing that I think as parents and maybe as teachers, we can try to do a little more is encourage some social interaction, maybe get the kids in groups to talk with one another, or, you know, as parents, you know, bring, bring, get the kids together, take them out somewhere, do something together socially that doesn't have to do with technology, maybe bowling or whatever it is, take them to the Ocean City Boardwalk, whatever it is, but get the kids together away from technology. And I just feel like that's on us. I mean, we have to, we have to be the ones that begin that so easy to just put them in front of a screen but that's not going to help them (laughs) remember tv used to be the babysitter right like you know watch that show you know but i think you're right on robin i i do you know and and sometimes the kids will will make you feel really corny for doing it but um you know say we're going to leave our phones in the car we're going to go hiking today we're going to go to the beach and we're going to we're going to uh bodyboard surfer you know um, or we're gonna have a night of board games in front of the fire, you know, something just weird off kilter, something different, and and just enjoy the coininess of it and say like, I'm doing it because I want to be with you guys. I want I want to enjoy as much time as I can with you. Um, and I, you and know, you tonight might I'm not going to share you with the rest fun. of the world. And you might have a little fun, <laughs> exactly. So and I mean, we did, right? We did. Yeah, um, I know it, it. It is a problem, and and it's a bigger issue than something we can you know try to fix today. But agreed. it's something for all of us at least to be aware of, and at yes. least to think about it, and maybe make little minor tweaks, you know, as we go yep. forward. You know, I tell my parents, like, you know, think of it this way. My my dad went to the malt shop to do all the things that teenagers want to do. I went to the mall to do all the things teenagers want to do. Kids today are going to their mobile phone to do all the things. So we're still teen, we're still dealing with teenager, teenager brains, teenager needs. Um, but it's just a new place that we have to go meet them and find them. Yes, yes. We have to meet them there as well. You know, we, we should educate ourselves a little bit more for parents who don't know much about social media. It's important to, to get involved in that as well, just so you have an idea of what, what the kids are doing. And you mentioned uh, the group that you were with uh, earlier in your career. Where can people go to learn more? You thought that, think that's Yeah, that, that's the Center for Parent Youth Understanding, uh, also known as CPYU. And their website's very easy to remember. It's cpyu.org. So that's cpyu.org. Uh, it was founded by Dr. Walt Mueller, who was my former boss. He's a very uh, well-known lecturer. He's been all around the world. Uh, he's written about four or five books at this point and all about youth culture. And um, as I mentioned to you, I believe earlier, the site is a faith-based site as far as the way that where the, the organization was born, but they also do a lot of secular stuff as well. Um, it's just a treasure trove of things for parents and teachers and youth uh, leaders that want to know a little bit more about what's going on in youth culture. It's kind of like a uh, almost like a quick hit catalog for from a place that tries to keep their finger on the pulse of youth culture. I am go- definitely going to go there because I would I would really like to see what the information that they have to say. And again, what is the website? CPYU.org. 
I will put that in the show notes. Thank you so much. And you are a youth culture expert. <laughs> Thank well, you I'm a fellow traveler. I, I don't know if I'd call myself an expert. I'm a fellow traveler and a, well, you, you know, you trying to figure know it out youth. like you guys are. Certainly know youth and you care about them. And I appreciate you sharing your, your knowledge and your background and your, all of your expertise with us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Tom Petrowski. And thank you for being with me today for Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. Again, don't forget to subscribe and I'll keep you updated on my most recent episode. Till we see you next time, please stay safe and keep living well. Thank you.